Hello and welcome to another episode of the Thorax Podcast with me, Kate Diamady. Joining me today is Dr. Yasmin Thanavala. Yasmin is an immunologist and a professor of oncology at Roswell Park Comprehensive Cancer Centre in Buffalo, New York. She has recently published a paper in Thorax entitled Not All Vaping is the Same, and she's very kindly agreed to chat to us today. Hello, Yasmin, and welcome and thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Kate. So, your paper it was looking at um, vaping cannabinoids. And I just wanted to know first why you decided to look at that as a topic. Well, for a very long time, uh, my lab has been involved in studying the effects of tobacco cigarettes or, you know, smoking them or secondhand smoke and vaping nicotine from e-cigarettes. And we have shown through our work in that field that um, all these products cause not only damage to the lungs, but also have an effect on the immune system. And since I'm an immunologist, obviously, that is an aspect that I find particularly uh, interesting. But getting back to why we study the effect of CBD is because, as you are probably aware, um, over the past several years, the use of cannabinoids, and I don't know whether use is the correct word, but um, people consume CBD in a variety of ways. Um, The old-fashioned way was to literally roll up the leaves like a tobacco cigarette and smoke the the joint. And then there was the advent of uh, putting CBD in gummies that people took in ingested orally. Um, There were uh, CBD-based creams that were supposed to be good. And of course, it wasn't long before the industry had figured out how to put CBD oil in an e-cigarette, and then people began to vape that. Yeah. And sorry, just to clarify, so CBD is... um... Cannabinoid. And it's a derivative of uh, marijuana or cannabis. Right. So, so marijuana, the, the, the plant, cannabis plant, mm-hmm. um, has a variety of components. But the, the two main components are THC, which is the psychotropic component, and then CBD. Of mm-hmm. course, in this country... THC is illegal both at the federal and state level. But CBD is being, well, marijuana as a plant is now being approved by many states, both for what they call personal use or for medicinal use. So, you know, um, many physicians prescribe it for cancer patients to relieve their their pain and their nausea, though there are not very many formal studies that have definitively shown the benefit of this. But it can be prescribed and can be purchased legally through uh, defined pharmacies that are approved uh, in a state for that purpose. And and so when did uh, e-cigarettes become a thing in terms of uh, CBD? When did that start? I would say around 2000, Okay. you know, but more in recent times. You know, electronic cigarettes for nicotine came into place in 
2000. So let me go back. No, for CBD, I don't know exactly when, but I would, would say in the past several years. But, you know, okay. e-cigarettes have been around now since the year 2000 and, and growing more popular all the time. Um, and prior to your paper, um, what, what do we know about um, the harms of CBD or the harms of CBD vaping specifically? Well, I do believe, at least when we wrote the paper, and I haven't looked it up since, that our uh, paper was probably the first to look at the effects of vaping CBD. And that's really important to make that distinction. So we did not look at the forms of CBD, at what happens when CBD is consumed as part of gummies or uh, when CBD containing lotions are applied, um, you know, to the knees or for pain or something like this. This was strictly to understand what happens when CBD in a liquid form is vaped as a, in, instead of nicotine in an e-cigarette. That's why we did kind of a side-by-side -side comparison. Uh -huh. And the other important thing, if I may, is we didn't make up the CBD or we didn't make up the nicotine solution. We bought two commercial products from online and mm -hmm. use them as such. So on our part, there was no manipulation of the products. This was as if someone went online and decided to buy uh, a jewel pod containing nicotine, or in our case, we bought something from a company called Calm Vape, which no longer exists. We couldn't buy any more of it after our initial purchases which contain CBD. So, you know, you could have bought them. So they're freely available. You don't need a prescription. You don't right, need a... right. So, okay. so, yeah, that was an important aspect. And we tried to convey that in the paper, that this was not two products that we concocted in the lab. It makes it a very real world applicable test then. Because... Exactly. But, but someone could also say that what we found is not true of every product that is vaped that contains CBD because the composition will be different because the uh, solvents in it could be different, right? What we are comparing is in a sort of side-by-side, head-to-head format, uh, format, these two particular products. That's why we made sure that we gave details of the products in our paper. Okay. And then, so do you know, are you able to summarize briefly what you did find between the differences between the nicotine and the yes, CBD group? Yes, yes. So, so what, what we found is that vaping both nicotine and uh, vaping CBD caused detrimental effects to the lung. And we had many assays that we looked to evaluate this. So as an example, one of the assays that we used is we asked how many immune cells that are circulating in our body get recruited to the lung. When in, in this case, in our case, it was an animal model. It wasn't a human being. So 
at the end of two weeks of exposure um, to either product, we harvested the lung and the fluid from the lung that is known as bronchoalveolar lavage. And we quantitated by an assay called flow cytometry, how many total immune cells could we harvest from the lung? And always our control is air breathing situation. So that's if you don't vape either nicotine or CBD, because that's the fair control. And so the first thing we noticed is in the animal model is that the lungs that were harvested from mice that had vaped CBD for two weeks only had many more total leukocytes in the lungs compared to definitely the air group and even more than nicotine. So that was the first observation. So it told us that it was bringing immune cells to the lung. And this happens because normally our lung is in homeostasis, right, in a normal condition. And when there's a perturbation in the lung, and this could be either due to, um, oh, due to an infection of the lung. Uh, so the immune cells are patrolling all the time. And when they see something that they feel is not normal, they go to that site. It could be a wound somewhere. And in this case, it's the lung. Right. So that was the first observation we made. And, and so that was the amount of sort of the vape fluid or the amount of vaping that you exposed the mice to. Is, it, is, that a, is that comparable to the amount of vaping that would be a human would be exposed to in the framing of two weeks? So, 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 so that's interesting because right now there is no published literature that we could fall back on to say, this is the vaping pattern for a human being who vapes CBD, right? There's no data out there to suggest that. Like, you know, in the old days, we could ask someone, how many packs of cigarette do you smoke? Uh -huh. Because that defined pack years, correct? Someone who smoked one pack a day, every day for the past 20 years. Or I'm just making that up, right? Uh -huh. But right now... People who vape CBD, everyone has a different pattern. Some will vape it, you know, uh, every day. Others may, may vape it once in a while when they feel a need for it. You know, there isn't a defined, I don't know what, what, what would we call that? You know, there isn't something that told us this is what everyone does. Mm -hmm. Right. So what we did instead is we tried to match as closely as possible the time of exposure and the pattern of exposure for the two products. That was the best fair way we thought we could do this. So you're talking about how you had the influx of white cells into the lungs and that was one important finding. Yeah. And then we looked at uh, certain defined immune cells that we know are important. Say, for example, uh, we found that in case of infections, but we've also seen that in our studies, published studies with tobacco cigarettes. So we looked at what we call as subsets of immune cells, and they belong to what we call the innate immune system. So they're the first cells 
if you cut your hand or, you know, you have some other kind of wound, the first cells that come to that site of damage are called neutrophils and then they're macrophages. And of course, macrophages are particularly important in the setting of the lung. And we found that the amount of neutrophils specifically were also um, increased in the lungs of um, the mice that had vaped both CBD and nicotine in this case. And the number of macrophages that were defined by two specific markers uh, were actually suppressed. So those were kind of the first things that we observed. And is that a, is that a pattern that you see in cigarette smoking as well? Yes, we do. We do. Yeah. But in this case, we were not comparing cigarette smokers. We were comparing what happens in a group of animals, the mice that had been subjected to aerosols generated from a nicotine-containing e-cigarette versus a CBD-containing e-cigarette. So that, that was the comparator. But we also... We also looked at other markers of damage in the lung. So uh, normally the lung protects itself by epithelial barriers that are tight, they have tight junctions. And when there's damage to the lung, those epithelial barriers are compromised. So over the years, we have developed uh, several assays that we can quantitate to see if those barriers are compromised. And so we ran several of those tests and in fact showed that those markers were also uh, differentially augmented in the case of CBD vaping. Another question we asked is, okay, so we got neutrophils into the lung. We got more of them. What did that mean? Did they translate to any functionality of those cells? Because just having more in the lung would be kind of an interesting observation, but but by itself, if they're not carrying out the function that they normally do in a situation like that, then that might be less intriguing. So... Neutrophils, for example, make a, um, a product called neutrophil elastase. And we measured how much neutrophil elastase was found in the fluid that we had harvested from the lung. That was one assay that we did. And in fact, we found that the levels of neutrophil elastase were highest in animals that had been exposed to CBD aerosols. So does that mean the neutrals are working harder? And is that a good or a bad thing? Yes, so what it means is when... So what I wanted to convey is that when neutrophils are activated, right, uh, as part of their activation process, they release the enzymes that they normally would store in their lungs, So it's a marker of activation to say that the cells came there, 
But when they detected the environment that they were in, they said, there's some danger here. We need to get activated and we need to release this enzyme that we normally store. And we also, and and I was really particularly um, pleased by this uh, experiment that we did. We also, so most of the paper was about in vivo exposure. That is mice that were exposed to aerosols generated from the two products. But we also harvested from normal human beings, their blood, and we purified their neutrophils and we put them into cell culture in a particular chamber that we have. And we passed over it from those same two products that we had, aerosols uh, containing CBD or aerosols containing nicotine. And they passed over those human neutrophils. And then we harvested the neutrophils and we asked again, the question is, what happened to those neutrophils when they were exposed in vitro now? And what we found is that there was cell death in the neutrophils and there was cell activation. And the same enzyme, neutrophil elastase, that had been secreted in the lungs in vivo was also released by the neutrophils in vitro. And we did a similar assay using another cell cell type called human small airway epithelial cells. And we purchased these cells. They are available commercially. They're made by companies by harvesting them from humans. And we did the same in vitro experiment with them also to try and see really the uh, the goal was to try and see does this get replicated using human cells? Yeah, so it adds weight to the argument that you would expect humans to yes, react. Yes, exactly. To in the same so way. that exactly so because one could easily say, well, that's a mouse; it's not a human. And I understand, but they're not always things that we can do to a human being. I can't take out the lung of someone who is vaping CBD or nicotine, right? Yeah. So um, we we try and mimic the best as we can. And or more than in 2014, we established this mouse model. We established it to study what happens when people smoke cigarette smoke because I was working on patients with COPD And whilst we could get their blood, we couldn't get their lungs or their bowel fluid. So we developed a mouse model. And we've been using it ever since for smoking, for secondhand smoking, for vaping, and now most recently for CBD. Based on this model and your findings of the information, are you able to extrapolate or predict what the long-term outcomes of vaping would be? or vaping CBD for humans would be? Yeah, so I, I think part of my our goal, um, my co-authors and I, what, what we wanted to make people aware, not just scientists, but hopefully even um, an educated lay public, is that we, we certainly know 
that vaping nicotine is not without consequences, right? So vaping was, e-cigarettes were developed and marketed with the notion that they would be a better product to use than someone who smoked a cigarette, right? If they wanted to stop smoking but still needed that nicotine fix. But I think there is convincing data to show that vaping nicotine is also can lead to injury. And we wanted to show that in the same way, um, especially to young people who might be tempted to vape CBD, thinking that, you know, it has no side effects, that there are consequences to it. And we wanted to show it even in what we called uh, as a acute model, because this was only two weeks of exposure, one hour a day. So this was not long-term exposure. When we do some of our other experiments, we expose animals for eight weeks, 12 weeks, 16 weeks to study, you know, someone like mimicking someone who is a chronic user, you know, and what are the detrimental side effects of that. And I think it's also important that physicians start asking their patients, you know, not just do you smoke, because that gets one answer, but do you vape? And also now, hopefully, the question, what do you vape? Because I think most people uh, may just think of, if they are asked to smoke, they mean tobacco cigarettes, right? And I think the questions we need to ask are, more specific, more defined about the product that they use, because this can all have consequences, right? You remember in, um, I, I believe it was 2019, yes, in the fall of 2019, in America, we had an epidemic which was labeled as Iwali, where young people were suddenly appearing in emergency rooms in the hospitals, and unfortunately, many died. And this is because they had been vaping e-cigarettes containing nicotine, which were meant to contain nicotine, but were actually containing THC and were containing vitamin E acetate as the solvent. Mm -hmm. And this, when heated, was going into the lungs and was messing up their macrophages. And we published a paper in early January or February of 2020, where we used our own animal model, and that came out in the New England Journal of Medicine, where we showed uh, by histology that the macrophages were full of this vitamin E acetate, and the function of the macrophages in the lung were compromised. And am I right that that's now been banned in the States, it's no longer? Uh, well, <laughs> I don't know whether you call banned, but yes, okay. yes. You know, it was an illegal product anyway. And uh, it was really there, the the um, main culprit was the solvent vitamin E acetate, which was used in high amounts uh, to dissolve the THC. But what I was trying to tell you is that, you know, just saying I was vaping 
wouldn't have revealed that problem, right? The analysis was of what was the product that they obtained from these children who were in the hospital that revealed the cause of it, mm-hmm. you know? So I, I think we need to be more defined in learning what people are vaping. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, often I find that I don't really know what to say to people when they say that they vape. I either say, that's good, <laughs> or... It, you know, like I, I don't feel like we have a good understanding of how it affects people long term. And I think obviously it's better. Right, it's better exactly. than smoking. And I mean, uh, there. So we know for sure, right? There's no argument. I think even the industry has agreed that smoking is a bad thing. It causes uh, lung damage. It causes COPD, and in it's uh, very closely linked with uh, lung cancer. Right now. E-cigarettes haven't been around for long enough to know whether eventually someone who uses e-cigarettes regularly um, for several decades, as if they were using tobacco cigarettes, will also develop lung mm-hmm. cancer. And, and I'm, I'm really interested in an answer to that question. Um, but we won't know that for a while. Just to sort of finish off now, I wanted to ask what, what you've got planned next or what you're going to, what you're planning to look at next and if you, you're doing any more on CBD and vaping? So right now what we would like to do is we would like to um, one see the effects of vaping chronically CBD but we are also involved and we're uh, testing um, so there's this word that is used for people who vape both nicotine and CBD. What they do is they call it chasing. And so basically, the people who do the chasing say one augments the effect of the other. So that's why they will vape CBD and then chase it with nicotine or vice versa. So we have experiments where we're looking at that effect because that's the late sort of trend among young people, you know, doing chasing. So that's something we are doing. But we are also, in fact, we have a um, manuscript that we hope to be submitting, uh, uh, I think, tomorrow, if not, uh, I don't think it'll go out today, but tomorrow, where um, we've been looking at... um, other alternative tobacco products and comparing their effects directly with tobacco cigarettes and the effect of not only the lung, but in that case, we're looking to their effect on the outcome of vaccination. So we have shown clearly, we've published, that smoking is detrimental to the outcome of vaccination. So we wanted to see whether alternative tobacco products also had similar effects. So that's our our latest um, manuscript that we are sending out tomorrow. We hope the journal likes it. We'll see. Great. Well, thank you very much, Osman. It's been really interesting to talk to you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Thorax podcast. I'm Kate Dearmady. Please subscribe on your preferred platform to get every episode directly on your device each month. 
We'd like to hear from you, so please get in touch via our social media channels or leave us a review on the Thorax podcast page on iTunes. Thank you and see you next month.